This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this, too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Boy, J. Doc, we've got a great show uh, lined up today. And I want to thank all of our listeners who continue uh, to tune in across the Jacob Network, uh, on our radio network, and now starting to build out uh, our YouTube and social media campaign in this year, two of the Labor and Energy Show. Today, a perfect example. We're going to continue to educate the public with the facts, um, not speculation, not opinion, but real facts in terms of what's going on. Welcome in, sir. Thanks, Joe. You know, today I couldn't be more excited about the program. So we have uh, the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers on the broadcast. Okay. Uh, Martin Williams, who's the National Coordinator of State Legislative Affairs at the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. Um, what an incredible person. I've known him for decades and he's just incredible. And then Sean Steffi, business agent, Boulder Maker, Circle 154, and the president of the South Central PA Building Trades. And Sean, as you know, Joe was one of the more dynamic individuals and personalities in all of labor. Here's what so, I know, Here's what I know, J-Doc. When Sean Steffi makes an appearance, yeah. the views and the consumption of the content <laughs> go, go much higher. I um, often thought of pulling myself off the show and putting Sean Steffi uh, in the box. I mean, I mean Joe, <laughs> listen, I'll tell you, we both led... Sean, come on, you know, for a couple of weeks and you and I are out of a job. Yeah, right. I hear you. Good I mean, stuff. It's incredible. But, we're, you know, we, you talk about educating, you know, the, the, the people, but all, you know, also labor and our political leaders or policymakers, of course, um, on common sense and energy, which we say every week. But there's so much regular people like you and I don't know. One of the really cool things, you, you talk about the Boilermakers Union, and we're going to talk about it when, when we when we bring the, the, the fellas on, it is what an innovative union uh, right in the middle of the labor and energy space. Most of their workers work at the, uh, the refineries uh, and the energy plants. But let me say something. You want to talk about an innovative union uh, with the innovative leadership? Uh, let me tell you something. They're expanding the scope of their workforce. They're passionate about the environment. Uh, they also work in, in, in the energy sector. So these individuals are creating and expanding their scope of work in the energy sector. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I can't wait to do the broadcast. Yeah, we'll jump right into it. A message to all of our listeners and now viewers across the Jacob Network. Uh, if you miss any of today's program or if you want to re-listen to some of the information uh, on podcast, go to Apple or Spotify, search the Labor and Energy Show. And if you receive the video link of today's broadcast on YouTube, Forward that around to your network. Send it to your local representative. Uh, let's start to educate and get the word out uh, so we can continue to change the narrative. This is I'm sorry. I just want to say to the people, don't let educate uh, you fool anybody like it's a boring topic. Everything we talk about today, you're going to learn something you didn't know. 
and everything we, we, we learn is going to impact uh, almost everybody out there. So great, great topics. We'll see J-Doc on the other side. This is the Labor Show or the Labor and Energy Show, rather, with J-Doc and Krause. Back in a moment. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden rent costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. Welcome, everyone, back to the Labor and Energy Show on the Jacob Media Network. Uh, we've got a fantastic show, like, like we said in, in, in the first segment. This is a, a Boilermakers special, uh, incredible individuals on the broadcast. Again, Martin Williams, International Brotherhood of of Boilermakers and Sean Steffi, uh, International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, Business Agent Local 154. Gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Morning. Thanks for, thanks for having us. It's all thanks pleasure. for having us, for sure. Absolutely. Um, guys, um, what, you know, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about a, a lot about carbon capture, uh, a, a number of things uh, about what's going on in Pennsylvania. But I want to talk about the Boilermakers Union first because – um, it, very innovative uh, union. Uh, you know, understand, you guys understand the, uh, you know, what's going on in, in regards to labor and energy and it, it, the innovations that you are coming up with and what you do on a daily basis to, to uh, expand the scope of, of work for your members and also adapt to, um, you know, the world around us. Um, and, and so having said that, um, Let's 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 talk a, a little bit about and I want to you know about the boilermakers, um, guys. And I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go to Martin first. Real basic. We're going to spitfire here a little bit. But tell our listeners a little bit about what the boilermakers do, uh, where you work, how many members, uh, and and uh, how many people, how many uh, of your workers work in the refineries and the energy plants, Martin. So um, before I start. JDoc, I just want to say it's been remarkable to witness the the evolution of this program, you know, which you know started as uh, you know a few labor guys, uh, you know, talking about issues in the area, what's important, and you know now we're uh, you know visual and you know uh, and audio, and it's uh, hold on, Martin, you just can't your work. you just can't believe it, can you? We were <laughs> exactly. Well, we can thank Krause for that because obviously. You know, he's uh, he's our uh, media guy. But, yeah, no, thank you, brother. And, by the way, what's cool about it is you were literally, as, as the former business manager of Local 13 in Philadelphia, one of the first people on board with everything that we were doing. So we have come full circle. You've been on many broadcasts. So 
It is very cool because now we're broadcasting up the Mid-Atlantic and across PA. So thank you, my brother. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, uh, we're a uh, international uh, building trades union, um, uh, approximately 50,000 members you know, in the uh, United States and Canada. And uh, our members work in uh, mostly heavy industry. You know, we, um, our members, you know, service, uh, you know, employers in uh, power generation, oil and gas, uh, steel, shipbuilding, rail, you know, manufacturing. Uh, and having said that, uh, that's, that's why we pay attention you know, so, so much to, to issues in the energy sector as we do. Um, you know, facilities in the energy sector provide many opportunities for our members. Absolutely. By the way, out of those 50,000 members, anybody more dynamic than Sean Steffi? <laughs> I think you'd have a hard time <laughs> making a case to name someone else. <laughs> That's a, not, only, not only in the Boilermakers Union, but in all the labor. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, Sean, um, you know, we, we obviously yeah, ec ecstatic to, to be doing a broadcast together. Um, talk about one of the things we've talked about many times. OK, because like, like uh, Martin said, Boilermakers Union, you know, you guys are right in the middle of it in the, in the labor and energy sector. Um, and, but you guys, I, I think we've talked about it many times before. You'd be hard pressed to put, you know, to find, uh, you know, other unions whose members care more about the environment, uh, who take, who take more part of outside activities like fishing and hunting than the Boilermakers Union. Isn't that correct? Oh, you're, you're spot on on that assessment, Jay Doc. And, you know, if I could say for us in Western Pennsylvania here, I mean, we're more, uh, into the coal, natural gas, electric generation, and steel mills. And, you know, down on the other end, it, where Martin's old area you know, has a lot of refineries and stuff like that. But you are right. We, every one of us that I know in the Boilermaker Union, Western, we're all outdoorsmen. And I think that's one of the things that's like a big misconception because we want the same thing that the environmentalists want, you know, clean up the environment. But we want to do it in a way creating jobs and good labor jobs and boilermaker jobs. And it's proven that our energy jobs are good, family-sustaining, blue-collar labor union jobs. And the and we're for all the above energy, but the solar and wind just doesn't bring it like our coal, gas, and steel. And moving forward in the future, we got to have it. It's a no-brainer. It doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. This is what we got to do. And we want to do it using carbon capture, hydrogen, SMRs. And that brings jobs. That brings proven jobs and a lot of jobs. And we want to bring it right here in Pennsylvania. And, and it's interesting about this broadcast because, you know, we try to uh, break down the, the basic facts and, 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 and uh, the realities to what are going on. My point for asking that question about the environment is we're all passionate about it. Okay. hundred percent. We're all live on, you know, on, on, on the earth together. Um, but we, we, there's a trend as we all know, and this trend is a, like a runaway train of shutting ourselves down. Okay. Blindly. And, and with the, with the thought that renewables, which we all understand are coming into the market and, and support, uh, you know, what's going on there. Um, you can't just, like you said many times, Sean, you can't just push off a button and then go to renewables overnight, the impact, but even the discussion and legislating something, even if down the road, uh, you know, well, you know, the mandates that are, uh, you know, out there in regards to electric vehicles, even if in five to seven, you know, five to seven years, hopefully in five to seven weeks, the people who were laying them out there um, realize that they're not, not, they're not reality um, and they want to lighten up. Just putting that legislative on impacts people and, and, you know, has devastating impacts across the board. So having said that, we want to lay the foundation um, because, Sean, we're talking to, you mentioned carbon capture. Today's going to be a lot about carbon capture. Instead of shutting ourselves down, we should be coming up with solutions on how to, con on how to um, capture our, our emissions, make sure, that, you know, that we, you know, we uh, create solutions to the issues rather than shutting ourselves down blindly. And you guys are at the forefront of that. One of the things, so, so, you know, so having said that, okay, before we go into 
um, into those discussions on a lot of the things going on. Uh, Sean, we mentioned renewables, and one of the things you talked about jobs, and 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 Martin, you talked about jobs. I, I want to want people to understand this because we don't just care about jobs and screw the environment. That's ridiculous. However, the narrative has to be you know talked about in reality. Sean, you went to a because you guys are expanding the scope of your work every week in many ways. And we've had many shows on a guy by the name of Dominic Cusero, who's a business agent, who, by the way, grew up in Pittsburgh, PA, and moved to Pittsburgh, California. I never even heard of Pittsburgh, California. But he talks about all the, you know, they, they created a, a, a committee to, um, you know, to create new scopes of work for the, the border makers, all those things. Having said that, um, one of those areas is renewable jobs. Sean, you went to a job fair uh, for renewable jobs, and just to just to um, you know, I want people to understand that we have an open mind, and we're, you know, we're expanding the scope of work in a lot of our labor unions. Um, but there has to be reality. Talk a little bit about what you found out when you went to those that renewable job fair. Okay, we were uh, in my building trades, the South Central Building Trades, which encompasses Cambria County. I had one of the largest solar farms being built to date. It was the Maple Hill Solar Farm, and they were putting on a job fair. And just so people don't think I'm full baloney here, I got it right here. This is from the job fair, $16 an hour start, no experience at all. That is not a family-sustaining job. That's from the PA career link right there, okay? That's the flyer. I went to that. That is a slap in labor's face, okay? That's not what labor stands for. That's not a family-sustaining job. And that got manned with people from out of our state, okay, and they're building it right now. That's the thing that troubles me on the renewables. I have no problem with renewables, but let's hold it to fair wages you know, uh, everything that, it, that gives us a shot in the, in, the, in the building trades. The balloon makers don't have a lick in solar or wind, but we're still building trades and we need to stand together. And, for, you know, we got, we're going to build that. Solar and wind is coming, we understand, but that's not the kind of jobs that we're promoting and that's not where we need to be. Martin, if you will, jump in there. <clears throat> Well, so Sean is Sean is right. You know, the uh, when we when we talk about um, our vision, I guess for the uh, for the future and, and transitioning to the you know to this low carbon future, you know, a, a big part of what motivates the work that we do is to make sure that the jobs that are being created are going to be you know good labor jobs, you know, ones that you can you know, jobs that you can be proud of, you know, provide for your uh, provide for your family and have retirement security. And uh, you know, Sean is right. So $16 an hour is barely making it, um, you know, compared with, you know, compared with, you know, jobs in, uh, in, in uh, fossil power generation or oil and gas that are three, four, five times that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work to do. Um, we have to continue talking with, you know, our public officials and, and project developers to, uh, you know, to remedy that. And so having said that, we're just laying out there the realities of this, okay? But, yeah, you, you, 16 bucks an hour, you like a job that, that you wouldn't have to be on public assistance, you know, to also work 40 hours. Um, so great point that, that you made, and that's a, 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 a misnomer that, you know, needs to be talked about, okay? Let's talk about uh, some of the facts, and we're going to get into the carbon capture conversation, okay? Um, but, um, it, 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 Sean, there was a recent alert, and I, it was, I remember it well because it was on my anniversary, um, on July 27th. Um, the largest U.S. grid declared an emergency alert for that date. PJM um, declared a level one emergency for 13 state eastern U.S. grid uh, and called on power plants to operate at full capacity um, during the heat wave. Okay, talk about what that means and the reason for it. 
So that that is a great point to bring up. And this is the one that I don't understand why we're not paying attention to it. Okay. So anybody can go on the PJM markets and operations and look what the grid's producing. That's 13 states, 66 million customers. And that's what PJM takes care of. So during that date you're talking about, and I, I photocopied this, this was what the PJM looks like. And that's the grid. And that tells you what's being produced. So natural gas was producing, and then if you see coal, which was up here, it was producing. Nuclear is in the, the like, burnt orange air or yellow, and then you see everything else, renewables and wind. It wasn't even close. We were, were taking care of ourselves with our fossil fuels. Gas and coal and nuclear is king. It's what it was. Renewables was only producing 11,000 megawatts at that time. And, or, and they were producing 149,000 megawatts throughout the grid. So that's like a small percentage. We're not ready to make that transition, okay? We got to move forward with new technologies to support the fossil fuel industry if we're going to do it environmentally friendly. And that's where the carbon capture and the other things come into play. But I just wanted to show you this because I also have a snapshot of what happened over Christmas, okay, when everybody was saying, Fossil fuels let everybody down. It didn't come through. That's a snapshot of July or December 24. Look what gas, coal, and nuclear was doing compared to what the renewables were doing, okay? It was still carrying a load. We can't get away from it. We can't eliminate everything right now. And like Rob Bear said on your previous show, we're crawling. All of a sudden, they want us to sprint to this renewable utopia we're not ready for that. We've got to have an all above energy uh, to moving forward. There's no ands, ands, or buts about it. So I'm like, what are we waiting for? The data is here. We see it. We know what we got to do. So let's get on it. Let's get on it right now. Let's get it done. And the building trades and the boilermakers, we're ready to build all the new technologies. We're ready. But we got to stop demonizing all of us in the fossil fuel industry. We got to get together, all of us, environmentalists progressive Democrats, Republicans, it's time to come to the table and do what's necessary to keep us reliable on the grid, produce jobs, produce manufacturing, and become the leader in the Northeast and Pennsylvania. And, and you know, the narrative there is if we were to shut ourselves down, literally, if we were to shut, you know, our, our power plants down and, 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 you know, all of our fossil fuel-driven plants down, we would be devastated immediately. They wanted them running on overdrive. Uh, Martin, what is the disconnect with um, reality and that? And that, by the way, hold on, that high-tech slide show that we just showed, just to show we're pretty high-tech. Thanks, yeah. for that. <laughs> The, the the disconnect question is is one that we've been wrestling with for for years. You know, the, it seems like despite the amount of outreach that we do, you know, and 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 edu you know, attempted education of the public, it's like we still get those questions. You know, folks don't understand where their electricity comes from or you know how the how the pieces connect. But um, you know, so what you mentioned, JDoc, is very very scary, right? Every single weather event, uh, you know, highlights the importance of um, you know, what the grid means and, you know, facilities on the grid, what our, uh, the, the composition of our uh, power, you know, portfolio is, um, you know, and Sean knows this well, earlier in the year, there was a, uh, a Pennsylvania Senate hearing that was focused on grid reliability, right? And, and during that hearing, it was mentioned that uh, some of the, some of the projections from PJM, as far as their, their reserve margins, you know, heading out to, 20, you know, 2027 and later are getting pretty low, right? And that's, that is due to the like rapid uh, deactivation of fossil units, you know, and, um, you know, being replaced by renewables, right? And the pace at which that is happening, uh, there's a significant imbalance. Um, and, you know, that message was, was then later reinforced at a, a U.S. Senate hearing that was uh, that was chaired by uh, Senator Manchin, West Virginia. You know, same thing, right? So the president of of NERC um, said that the risk to grid reliability is increasing, right? You know, the pace of 
thermal uh, power generation units is increasing uh, and that has to be managed in a better way. Um, do you think, and I'll ask you, you know, uh, do you think we need, you know, it's almost like you almost need to touch the fire. I'm being a little sarcastic here when I say it, but are people not going to, because you got a good, a, a good point. I, I, uh, people don't know where their, their, their energy generation comes from. We just turn the heater on. Okay. We turn the air conditioner on. Okay. You just, you just go to the wall and it's right on the wall. Right. Um, but my point is, do you think we're going to have to get bit in the butt before people understand um, the, the, the realities? I mean, because we're playing with fire like there's no tomorrow showing, if you will. Well, you're exactly right. And the thing is, we've had, the, like Martin just said, FERC and NERC and the PJM, they've issued the warnings. It's not like it's a secret right now. And we got to believe what these people were telling us. And that is the problem. That's why shows like this is great, because we can make people understand that what happens when you go turn that light switch on in the process, that that electricity that Gene generated to get to that point is way more complex than they understand. And the amount of work that needs to be done from the extraction of the pro of the mineral or the, the coal, the gas, whatever, the whole way to the generation is a massive undertaking. And we got to understand that and it's just not going to happen overnight to transition to where they want to go. And we have to make them understand it because the simple luxuries, just what you talked about, J-Doc, go over, turn your thermostat up, turn the light on. That is in jeopardy right now. And I don't want anybody to get burnt because when you have these severe weather events, that means that somebody is going to maybe pay with their life that they can't have heat or they can't have air conditioning, or you can't control what goes on with the weather. And that's the problem with the renewables. You're, Mother Nature is in control of the renewables, okay? You can't call Mother Nature up and say, hey, put the sun out, we need more solar. Put wind out, we need more wind. But we can control what we do on the fossil fuel industry. Hey, we need more power, ramp it up. Add more coal, add more gas, we can do that. And, and, and that's where we need to be. And what we're saying is creating, you know, and implementing technologies like uh, carbon capture allow us to do those things and still and impact the environment at a very low rate. Um, we should be focusing on those things. Let's do this. Um, let's go to break. We're going to have more from the Labor and Energy Show. What's a Boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEG, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, to the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, we're broadcasting up the Mid-Atlantic and across Pennsylvania and soon to a, an area across the United States near you. And uh, we're excited about uh, what we're talking about. Uh, we want uh, people like regular uh, people like us to understand the, the facts about labor, energy, and our energy policies, and at the same time, how they're going to impact us. Let's talk. We have a, so we're going to talk a little bit about Reggie and, and those things. If we get the uh, chance, uh, Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, which we've talked about many times, but I want to get into the carbon capture conversation. Um, first of all, Martin, uh, you've been doing a little traveling, okay? And, um, you know, you have, you know, obviously you're at the forefront of, 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 of what's going on. 
Um, you took a recent trip to Europe uh, to look at carbon capture in, in the cement industry. Okay, number, for, before you, you address that, tell our listeners what carbon capture use and storage is, okay, and, and, and uh, how it benefits us. So um, if, I guess if I could sum it up, uh, you know, carbon capture represents uh, a suite of technologies uh, to you know, be applied, whether it's in power generation or you know, other industrial processes to uh, capture carbon dioxide that's produced you know, during the process um, and you know, compress it and either uh, sequester it underground uh, permanently or you know, use that captured carbon in you know, other you know, beneficial you know, uses. Um, and it's a, it's a technology, it's a, it's a set of technologies that's been used in oil and gas for, you know, for decades, but the, the challenge recently has been how to adapt, you know, those, those technologies to, to other sectors. Um, and that's where a lot of the work is happening. And, and on a large scale, I right. mean, right. we're talking about instead of, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, and I've... John Bland, who obviously uh, was the former uh, business manager of Local 13, said to me, when did we stop working together, uniting, you know, like with our political leaders, environmentalists to create solutions? Okay, carbon capture is a great example of if we were all focused on the problem and now the solution to the problem, it'd be, uh, you know, huge help rather than shutting our own grid down. The retirements uh, are exceeding the, uh, you know, uh, you know what are, what what are coming into the market in regards to renewables, and so we're putting our grid at great risk. So, um, you know, and that's because the left and the right, and I don't, I mean, the left hand and the right hand are not working together. I don't mean the left and the right. I don't get into that conversation. But um, Martin, talk about your trip to Europe and your look at carbon capture in the cement industry. You know, so like earlier when. Uh, you, you know, offered those uh, really nice compliments about about the boilermakers uh, and and how passionate we've been. Uh, I, I feel like um, you know one of the one of the keys to that in in, in fighting above our weight is uh, you know we're we're part of a lot of like really effective coalitions, right? Including uh, the Great Plains Institute, which has been focused on uh, advocating for carbon capture for you know a really long time. So um, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be part of a delegation you know, convened by Great Plains Institute to travel to uh, Norway and Belgium to look at uh, two uh, carbon capture projects at, uh, at two Heidelberg uh, cement plants. Um, by the way, I was, I was just in the Bahamas doing the same thing, but I, I couldn't find the plant. So when I'm a line <laughs> worker, I would have never got in the border markers. You may need another set of eyes to help you identify it. So, you know, please give me a call uh, if you want to go to the capture. That's right. What yeah. <laughs> so I got it, buddy. No, but, um, you know, so I think uh, after after seeing those those projects and uh, and the stage of development, what what immediately struck me was the the level of commitment from uh, not you know the, the government as well as uh, the facility owners um, and you know so there's a recognition that carbon capture is needed you know if if we're going to meet our global climate goals you know carbon capture has to be you know widely adopted right we need as we need projects we need as many projects uh, in development as possible. And I remember during one presentation um, and after the presenter, you know, went through the technology and the process and what the what the expectations of performance was. Um, and, you know, it was it was clear that that project wasn't going to be like a perfect one and, you know, capture 100 percent of the emissions, but it was going to capture a substantial amount. And uh, one member of our group, you know, uh, asked, you know, what the what the owner's plans were for uh, capturing like the rest of the emissions. And the response was, well, you know, they're working on it, but they wanted to get started because something is better than nothing. Right. And that's a very prudent, practical approach. And I, I feel like that's where so you mentioned as far as um, 
uh, what, what is the contributing factor to like not working together? And I, I feel like that's part of it. You know, we have a, a perception from some who are critics of carbon capture that like, we don't need to, uh, we don't need to go down that road because it's too expensive or it's like, it's not going to capture hundred percent of the emissions, but you know, we need, as Sean said earlier, we need all solutions, right? right. And this represents an option to move forward and keep those, you know, keep those industries viable while lowering emissions. We need to do this. And, and it's interesting because it, we, we need a layered approach. You know, we, 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 we've had the natural gas uh, people on the program, okay? Uh, and, and that has been a huge part of lowering emissions. We need a layered approach. Carbon capture may not do it all. But one of the things that's frustrating, and Sean, you, you know, you, you'll get this, is, is that when it comes to the renewables, okay, and uh, the, the far left environmentalists, their answers to a lot of things when you talk about EVs and EV mandates is, well, we'll figure it out, okay? They get the benefit of the doubt, okay? Where, you know, obviously the technology isn't, isn't quite there we, we, with the critical minerals and all those things. The answer always is, we'll figure it out. Well, same with what Martin just said, okay? We have to start throwing everything up against the wall that we know is good and I'm just obviously just making an example, an analogy, and we're all going to be working on it together and with a layered approach across the board, okay, and that includes the rest of the world, can't just be the United States, because that's what we also run into now, you know, we're working on them, you know, China, Russia, India, and everybody else, Vietnam, okay, they're going to get, that's always the answer, but the fact of the matter is, is that, like what what, what Martin said, uh, you know, we also need that opportunity as well so that we could create a layered approach. So, so there, there's a lot of things uh, in the fire at the same time. Sean? Well, I mean, one of the biggest things that, you know, that I don't understand is we have, and I, I don't want to be like a global guy, but there's China. They definitely control the, the solar and wind industry. Okay. I think they make 80% of the solar panels, but they're making that with coal, fired electricity okay and if anybody hasn't seen what just happened with the canadian wildfires the smoke comes everywhere it's down in the pennsylvania we see emissions are coming everywhere too and they're up in their game so they're not when they say hey we need more electricity they're not putting more solar and wind up they're building new coal plants okay so we've got to get on board we've got to show the world and that we're leaders in carbon capture and do it and other things and we can do it it can be effective yeah there might be some efficiency problems we might run into some problems that are unexpected but we've got to start somewhere just like you said j doc we're going to throw it on the wall and see what sticks this is one it's a technology it's been around for what martin over 20 years we can get it going but we've got to get the ball moving and that ball is going to be co2 pipelines it's going to be storage pore spaces and we're going to have to come up with legislation that legislates the poor space and the technology moving forward. And it will work. It's a proven technology. And that's what we got to do to move forward if we're going to burn fossil fuels, natural gas or coal. And it looks like it's really going to lean towards the natural gas industry. And I think that the natural gas industry is ready, but we got to be receptive to their needs a little bit on what it's going to take to move forward to get that carbon capture. It's interesting because you mentioned natural gas. Um, There's a new coalition, the Page Coalition, and Toby Rice of EQT, um, a big part of it, and and he's an op-ed here, okay? And it says, over the past 15 years, and I'll just read one paragraph, the U.S. has led the world in reducing greenhouse gas emissions, thanks in large part Uh, to natural gas. From 2005 to 2019, the reductions from this fuel switched, uh, switching roughly equaled the total emission reductions of the UK, Germany, Italy, and Japan combined. And those were countries with the best track records for lowering emissions. Unfortunately, foreign coal usage exploded in 2021. And in just one year, the increase in emissions surpassed all emissions reductions made by the U.S. solar and wind and energy since 2007. Okay, 
you sit here and talk about everything that we're doing here, everything we're talking about, lower, you know, the, you know, the layered approaches and carbon capture. And in one year, they ate up all of our advancements. Okay. I'm only saying that because, you know, when, when, when you're working real hard, like we are to try to educate people, do those things. And you see something like that, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. You can see that there's some, I mean, absolutely, you know, I mean, it's like being in the twilight zone. And so, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, we're breaking our backs here in the U.S. to try to do this. We make incredible progress. And yet, if we really care about the environment, we should be thinking about the whole planet. And the answer can't just be, well, we're going to figure it out. You know, we're going to make sure we get everybody, uh, you know, the World Associational uh, Climate Change is going to take care of it. So, I mean, it's, it's confusing um, when you see how hard we're working over here. Working together is the answer. Um, let's, let's, let's move forward. Uh, let's, uh, Martin, you talk about, uh, what's it? Minkota's powers, Minkota powers continued pursuit of carbon capture project in North Dakota, uh, project Tundra. Talk about that. So, um, that was a, that was another trip. I was, uh, fortunate to, to be a part of, uh, our, our upper Midwest locals recently held a, a tripartite conference, you know, which is designed to foster uh, and, and maintain relationships with our, our contractors and owners. And uh, there was, um, you know, part of the conference included uh, a, uh, an owner roundtable, uh, and Minn Kota Power was part of that. And they talked about their their ongoing efforts to develop a carbon capture project at, you know, uh, one of their largest, you know, coal plants. And, uh, you know, again, so when I talked about my, um, uh, my takeaways from my overseas trip, I had a I had a similar takeaway uh, after you know listening to the uh, the status update of the uh, Minkota you know Project Tundra, and you know Joe, we talk about um, the need for these projects to be developed, right? And there's a lot of money coming from the federal government, you know, and states are trying to put the policies together. Uh, but like even despite that support, you know, there are so many so many owners, so many developers that are having trouble justifying the business case, you know, because they have a lot of like anxiety and, and, and trepidation about the future uh, or, you know, or even more simply, you know, getting financing. But Minn Kota is so forward leaning, you know, they, they recognize that one, they have to make the best decision for their, for their customers, but, you know, they also have this global view of the need for carbon capture, right? It, if we're, if we're serious about addressing climate change uh, and having every tool at our disposal, carbon capture has to be one of them. And they're willing you know, to invest the time and resources to do that, not only to help themselves, but to also help the rest of industry learn from their project. And I, I really found that a refreshing message. Yeah, I mean, just a great example of, of, of uh, you know, w what we should be doing. I, let's spitfire, because I know we have about six, seven minutes left. Um, a, contra a, a company who, by the way, uh, John Foltz um, introduced us to, okay, B&W, Bobcock, Bob what, what's the name of the, uh, the company is? Babcock and Wilcox. Exactly. I'm an iron worker, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I threw that one. B and W, right? Um, the, the carbon capture contract. Okay, uh, they want a contract. Um, you know, to study. Uh, you know, BECCS conversion. Uh, you know, for a, a coal uh, power plant. Um, let's talk about that because we had uh, their representatives on uh, about a month ago, and they're at the forefront of of what's going on in regards to labor and energy renewables and our traditional energy resources, Babcock and Wilcox. Got it. Um, so let's, let, let's, let's talk about that because it's kind of groundbreaking. Sean, you want to jump in there? Yeah. Uh, so B&W has been on the forefront with the carbon capture and there's other uh, individuals that are pushing it too, but they have started this project now. And, you know, this is where Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania needs to get to. We also have this project started, you know, they're starting in West Virginia. And as Martin said, North Dakota is already there. Um, and these are the projects that we need to start getting in a commercial scale 
moving forward to see if it works, which I'm sure is going to work. And then the other thing, not only with the storage, but we need to start using the carbon capture as the byproducts of the carbon. We can build things like that, make things like seat foam, carbon nanotubing. Uh, you got all kinds of different things that it can be used in the automotive industry, uh, the Navy industry on exhaust systems. So these are the things we need to start experimenting with. And uh, I shouldn't even say experiment, they're there. Building materials that come out of the sequestered carbon to use it instead of just sequestering it. But that BMW is on the forefront. You had them on there. That project is going to take off. We also got maybe another biomass carbon capture project with cold. It could absolutely happen in Pennsylvania, but it probably will steer towards West Virginia that you could um, burn the waste coal, capture the carbon, use like waste wood, and come up with 100% carbon capture and a friendly byproduct and carbon. And it would help our forest by proper forestry. And again, there's another win-win for the environment. This is where we need to go. And I don't understand why we're not getting there. Yeah, I, I, that's because, you know, we're not working together. It's, it, you know, we're, you know, we're being, uh, you know, obviously beat up and stereotyped and, you know, by, you know, far left extremists who I, I can't even imagine um, aren't or don't understand what's, they spend so much time bashing people and picketing massive billion dollar plants, okay, that would help not only, um, you know, communities, but also utilize these technologies. Uh, and it, put lots of people to work, Jay, Doc. That's the big thing. We're talking about a lot. We're talking about thousands of construction jobs. Okay, building trades jobs with these. Not again. I don't want to bash renewable industry, but if you're building a solar farm, you only need ten guys and a little picker. You know, if you're on a wind farm, you got five iron workers uh, that are set. It's just not there. And at the end of the day, there's no maintenance with that either. And but, that's but she, that's the bad thing. But and here's the Sean. And by the way, we had Chris Christopher Riker, senior vice president of of, of Babcock and Wilcox. Uh, on the program a few weeks ago and uh, back in back at June 21st. And, and uh, man, I was blown away by by that company. Man, they are, you know, and, and they're a board makers company. And so, um, uh, you know, your point is, is well made. We are not, unfortunately, going to be able to get into every one of our topics here. What do we got? How much? I think we got about a minute and a half, one minute left. Um, you know, Martin, uh, parting words from yourself, my friend. Um, parting words. So uh, I would say, um, again, thank you, J. Doc. You know, th this program um, is, you know, it 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 it, it, encaps it encapsulates what we're what we're trying to do, right? We need to continue to educate, you know, public officials, uh, you know, our colleagues, uh, so that we can, you know, continue to advocate for you know all of the technologies that are going to be needed to address climate change carbon capture, nuclear, you know, we have uh, important partners in, uh, in the nuclear space that employ thousands of our members, hydrogen production. Um, and we just need to, you know, we need to keep up the fight and make sure that we create good paying jobs, you know, for, uh, for everyone. Well said, Martin. Uh, Sean, parting words, my friend. Parting words. We didn't get to speak about it, but I just wanted to bring Reggie up before we got off. But I can tell you, Reggie has united us as the building trades Rob Bear, our building trades president, has stood tall with us. That's the best thing that came out of Reggie, and we are still here. We got we got a lot of bite, no bark in the building trades. We're going to stand, and we're going to push for energy jobs in the future, renewable jobs in the future, and they're going to be family-sustaining jobs, and we're going to push Reggie out of Pennsylvania, and we're going to get it done. And, and one of the things, before we go, one of the things Rob Bear says is, Pennsylvania deserves its own energy policy. We shouldn't be jumping on policies, uh, you know, that have 13 other states in them, some that don't have any energy resources, natural resources. So, gentlemen, uh, Martin Williams, International Brotherhood of, of Boilermakers, my, my, my good friend, and, of course, uh, my good friend, Sean Steffi. Um, thank you guys so much for being on the program, the first of many, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jay Dog. Great job. Thank you so much. We'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show 
in just a minute. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained and most productive Productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Man, J-Doc, I can sit and listen uh, to that show or to your uh, interview on today's show um, and learn something new each time I listen to some of that content. And a great job by you as well. Really informative uh, for the listening audience. So informative that we only have about a minute and a half to do our close today. But great job today. Yeah, Joe, thank you. And it was great to have Martin Williams and Sean Steffi on. And I just texted them both during the break and said, we need two hours, man. We, you know, we, we didn't get to, you know, half of the things we wanted to talk about. Uh, but you're, you, when you... Uh, no understatement when you talk about the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, who, by the way, um, are largely uh, uh, responsible for, for, for us to be even on the air. Um, so we do appreciate that. But you can see when you talk about carbon capture, you talk about a, a lot of the technologies. I mean, they're sending their people across the, the world to learn about these things, to bring them um, to fruition in the United States. And it's just a great group of people and regular people like us should be out there listening to these individuals because um, you, we're only going to make it together, Joe. We can't do this. As you can see, you know, we got to do it together. You know, environmentalists, labor, energy sector, uh, renewables, uh, and, and traditional energy sector all got to work together in order to do this, uh, create these solutions uh, and make them work in a timely fashion. Amen. And good stuff and a good close from both Martin uh, and from Sean. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Remember, uh, if you want to re-listen to any of today's show or any of the previous shows uh, on podcast, just go to Apple or Spotify. You can simply search the Labor and Energy Show. You can download the podcast uh, and you can listen while you work or walk. Good content again, Jay Doc. I'll see you next week right back here on the Jacob Network from all of our listeners and viewers in uh, the western part of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, to all of our listeners down in D.C., Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, Delaware, and then up into the Jersey Coast and in Philadelphia uh, and the suburbs of Philadelphia. We thank everybody for tuning in to the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.